All right. Well, you all look great. Uh, here we are this morning. And, you know, uh, today, you may not know this, but today is Grandparents' Day. Uh, so we love our grandparents, and we thank God for, uh, for our grandparents. So if you would indulge me for just a moment, any grandparents that we have in the house, if you would uh, just stand up for us, and we want to give you a hand. God bless you. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We love, we love, we love our grandparents. And we salute you. Amen. So you may be seated. All the rest of us who did not stand, if we would now stand to honor them, to honor our grandparents. So let's all stand, those that did not stand here on the first round. And let's give them a hand. Praise God. We love you. We thank God for you and who you are in our lives. Praise God. Uh, you may be seated. Thank you so much for that. Uh, it's just such a blessing. And uh, it's so valuable to be able to to honor our, our grandparents and our elders, and, um, you know, it's such a blessing. And I, I was reading a list here of why kids love their grandparents uh, out of a website, Concertable.com, and it said here, the kids said this, that their grandparents are always up for an adventure. They also said they know a lot of stories, and some of them are even true. We've all heard a grandparent embellish a story, uh, one detail or another, right? Uh, they make the best audience. When grandchildren learn a new poem, some fancy new dance moves, or their first violin piece, they count on grandparents to watch, listen, and applaud. Isn't that the truth? Even if they live far away, grandparents stay in touch and make sure grandchildren know that they are thinking about them. Amen. And lastly, grandparents let their grandchildren teach them new things, like how to use a cell phone and share photos online. <laughs> the fact is, is we, we love our grandparents and our elders, and, uh, and we thank God for who they are in our lives. And today we get a moment to, um, and it's a, it's a lifelong thing that we do, but we get a time to recognize them and how God uses them in a mighty way. Now, this may, these may be your... Grandparents by blood, um, you know, kids, you know, I was asking my wife, like, why, you know, there's so many reasons, but, but what are grandparents, why are they so valuable? And she said, they're, they're a safe place for us. And how many can attest to that, that our grandparents are a safe place, their home is a place of consistency. Uh, just ask my, my kids, anytime we drive near the vicinity of their grandparents, uh, Nick and Loopy Romo sitting back there. They cry to go to grandma's house. They want to always be at grandma's house, grandma and grandpa's house. And I think of those also blessings in our church and in our community that have adopted our own kids as their grandkids. Uh, you know, to this day, my, my son uh, calls Sister Chris grandma. You know, he'll shout from the other end of the room, hi, grandma. I think of Sister Colleen and, and all the, the gifts she brings and the blessings she is to, to many of our children who she's adopted as our grandchildren. <laughs> Sister Kathy Garcia and just, just a blessing. You know, my, my son, praise God, he recently drew, drew something and he, he, he painted something and he, was, he couldn't wait to get to church to show Auntie Cat. So these are the blessings and many, many others. There, there are so many. The list can go on. But that you've adopted uh, our kids as, as, as your blessings and 
you've taken a part, and, and it really does take a village, and I'm so grateful for all of you, each and every one of you. Our grandparents and our elders, they are a blessing, a safe place for us. Testimonies of strength, experience, wisdom, and consistency in life. And our grandparents, they have traits that, that we can all look up to and strive for in our own lives. And I know in my life, I strive for those. I want to be remembered as someone that's patient, that's loving, that's, that's kind, and that walks close to the Lord. Now, there's a scripture here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. We're going to read this, and then we're going to pray. The Bible says this. Uh, this is Timothy, uh, Paul here writing to Timothy. He says, Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again. For I remember the tears, I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Listen to this. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray this morning? Father, we're so grateful, God, for everything that you're doing in our lives, God. We thank you for the journey, God, that you've been bringing us on. And we know that you're not done with us, Lord. This morning, God, as we get a moment here to honor grandparents and elders, God, and those that, Father God, that are, that are elders in the faith, Lord, I pray that you would bless them today, Father God. Bestow your grace upon them, strengthen them, help them to have a great day, Lord. And we just pray for your manifold blessings upon them, God. Help us, teach us, Lord, as we look into your holy word. We thank you. We ask in Jesus' name. And we all say... Amen. Praise God. I want to speak a message entitled, A Godly Heritage. Now here, Paul was writing to Timothy, and he was encouraging him here in, in the book of Timothy. And he says, I remember your genuine faith. But he doesn't stop right there. He reminds him that it's the same faith that first filled your grandmother and your mother. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. This is such a powerful reminder, such a powerful bit of instruction for you and I that the faith that you and I is contagious and it's, it's able to be passed on to our children and our grandchildren and the list goes on and on. It's something that we can and that we should pass down to those that God has blessed us to have influence over. Our children grandchildren. You know, when I think of our grandparents and, and, and my grandparents, how they walked with the Lord in the faith, and they walked in close fellowship with God. I remember this. I seen it with my own eyes. I remember uh, spending the night one time there at my grandparents, and we were there in the front room, sleeping in the front, and, and I could just hear a voice off in the room, kind of in the night, in the distance, and, and I asked my mom, what is that? And she says, Grandpa's praying. I could hear him praying. At such, at such a young age, that was, that was and is a memory that I'll never forget. See, we've been blessed with those that have had grandparents or even elders that have walked in the, uh, the, the faith to see them walk in close fellowship with God. It's a beautiful sight to behold. And an encouragement for you and I 
to learn from, to strive for. That it would be said about you and I that we walked in close fellowship with the Lord. There are many things that could be said about us. Many traits, personality traits, habits, things that people are fond of. But let the thing that stands out bring all glory to God in that we walked in close fellowship with God. That's what we should strive for. Now I know in this world there are many ambitions to chase after. You know, there's people, you have career ambitions, you know, education and, 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 and they're at work and, and, and some's ambitions is, is for a certain dollar amount in their bank account or, or material gain, gain. There are so many types of ambitions in this world. But no ambition is as important as having an ambition and a desire for a lasting legacy of faith. Can you say amen? Having a legacy of faith, being able to pass on your faith to those that are coming up after you. Yes, your children and your grandchildren and those that you're blessed to be able to minister to. Walking close to God and walking in fellowship with God is something we should all strive for because of the examples that we see in our lives. You know, I want to have that same testimony when, when my great day of glory comes, when I'm going to go on to be with the Lord, that it would be said about me that I walked in close fellowship with God. I want to have that testimony. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 21, there's a passage of Scripture here about Enoch. And the Bible says this in Genesis 5, 21. It says, when Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years. Imagine that. Now, some of us have been serving God for perhaps months, perhaps a number of years, perhaps decades in this place. But imagine here, Enoch, he walked in close fellowship with God for another 300 years. The things he must have learned. I mean, God, you could serve God for, for an eternity, and he's still so great that you will still learn more and more things about him. And that's the blessing of serving God for, for many years. That's the blessing of serving God starting at a young age because you have more time to learn about him, to know him. I thank God. I thank God that, that God called me at a young age, and it gives, me, it gives me time to get it right, if I'm honest with you. But it gives me time to, to know the Lord more and more every day. And imagine Enoch here for 300 years. He walked in fellowship with God. Sometimes we're serving God for a year or for a decade or decades. And we get tired. We get weary. But we look here at Enoch's life and how long he walked with the Lord. So he walked, uh, he walked in fellowship with the Lord for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters walking in close fellowship with God. It wasn't just about him, but he had sons and daughters also walking in close fellowship with God. Here is a man, I believe, that was serious about his task in this world to teach those, his sons and daughters, to walk in close fellowship with God. The Bible says then one day he disappeared because God took, took him. Now why? You think about this scripture. This is so profound. Like one day he was here and the ne next day he was gone. And the question is why? Now we jump over to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. We get some more understanding here in the word of God. And it says, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Isn't that powerful this morning? 
That's what he was known for. He wasn't concerned about being known for uh, the type of car he drove or the type of clothes he wore or how high he got in status there at his job or the amount of money he had in his bank account or the amount of properties he, ha properties he had. None of that concerned him. His concern was that he would live a life that pleased God. And it's written in eternity here in the very Word of God. His life is now a testimony for all to read. Why? Because he walked in close fellowship with God and because he pleased God. Such an encouragement for you and I to keep things in perspective. I know we want to leave our children the best. I know we want to, you know, we want to make things right before that day comes for us to depart. And, and that's responsible. Praise God for that. But nothing is as important as you leaving a legacy of faith for your sons and for your daughters and for your grandchildren. And the list goes on. It's so important. A lasting legacy of faith. What a testimony Enoch had. He walked in close fellowship with God. That's what the Bible that's how the Bible ex explains and describes him. Walking with God pleases God. And walking with God, it takes faith. Now, as we read this scripture here about this man of God, we have to ask ourselves, do our choices please God? The decisions we make, the daily decisions that we make. This man of God here in the scriptures, he pleased God. Please God so much that the Lord raptured him up and he didn't even face death. His choices please God. What about our conduct? Does that please God? The way we act, our day-to-day -day life. How we act out there on the freeway when it's, traffic is bad and you're getting cut off. How you're acting when you're getting offended or someone says something uh, to you. You know, how do we act? How do we conduct ourselves? How about our conversation? What are we conversing about? Does it please God? Does it bring glory to Him? Our ambitions, our choices. Each and everything we do, we should strive that it would please God, that it would bring honor and glory to His name. Not for our glory, not so that, that people could say how great of a person you are, so that Jesus Christ can receive the honor and glory for everything that He's done for you and I. See, I am just a reflection. If I'm going to be anything, it's just a reflection of how good God is. I don't want any glory. I don't deserve any glory. God has been so patient and long-suffering with me in my life. He deserves all of the honor and glory. He's, he's picked me up when I was down. He's forgiven me when I trespassed. He's given me strength when I was weak. He gets the honor and glory. We should strive for a testimony that brings Jesus honor and glory. That is what counts. So here as we face a new week coming up, let that be on our hearts and minds, our conduct, our conversations, our character, our ambitions, our choices, that it would bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. As we honor our grandparents and our elders today, we all know and we all remember things that were passed down in our, in our lives. Why? Because those that loved us, that came before us, they had a love for us, and they decided to pass it on. Say, pass it on with me. Pass it on. Pass on your faith. The things that you know. Yes, even the practical things of life. Pass it on to those that are coming up because we need to hear it, and we need that wisdom for our lives. We all have a responsibility to pass down our values. And God moves so powerfully in this. 
He moves so powerfully as you and I take up the mantle and the task to pass on the faith that He's given you and I. This happens through impartation. Now, the definition of impartation is to make information known, to communicate. Make it known. The things that you know. I know they've done well for you. They've helped you in your life. But you know how they're going to be so much more valuable, so, so much more effective than they've already been for you? Is when you pass it on to someone else. You share it. Perhaps it's even sometimes through our failures. We, we've, we've learned the hard way certain things, right? I know we all have in certain instances or the other. We've learned things the hard way. So we could even share that with others so they don't have to make the same mistakes. Can you say amen? That's love. Wanting to keep someone from unnecessary harm that would help them, sharing something with them to impart. We have to make this information known. We have to communicate with them. We have a responsibility, church, to share this good news, to share it. Yes, with the uttermost parts of the world, the, the international mission fields, all those God, God is moving in, in that and, and outside the four corners of this church. But the most important mission field to begin with is in our home. Can you say amen? It's among your, your family and your friends. Those that God has ordained you to be in and placed you in. It starts in the family. The family is so important to the Lord. It's so important. The family. That's the starting point. Parents teaching your children. Grandparents continuing to teach your grandchildren all that God's done in your life. We have to pass it on. No matter how busy we get, whatever season life of life that you're in, God help us to always have a mindset of, of passing it on, teaching them, encouraging them, strengthening them, teaching them, yes, from our successes, even from our failures, passing it on. In Mark chapter 10, verse 13, there's a profound scripture here, from, uh, uh, here in the Gospels, and the Bible says this, Mark 10, 13, it says, and they were bringing children to him, to Jesus, they were bringing children to him so that he would touch them, but the disciples rebuked them, tried to keep the children away, to try to keep those people from, from bothering their, their Lord and their master, right? But look in verse 14. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant, and he said to them, Allow the children to come to me. Do not forbid them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. The value of children. They're so impressionable. We have such, such a... A responsibility to pour into them, to teach them, to protect them, to share the good news with them. All the things that, that God's done for grandma and grandpa, for mom and dad. Share the good news. Share how God's been faithful to you. How he saved you from the hand of bondage. Kids are impressionable. They're teachable. They're like sponges. There's those years of their lives that they're like sponges ready to learn. They're watching. They're listening. Oh, my goodness. Isn't this, this a wake-up call, right? You had a hard day at work. You're stressed out. Perhaps you have some bills that, have to, that, that you're facing, and sometimes we can get stressed out, but know that your children, yes, even your grandchildren, they're watching you. They're watching your conduct. They're watching your temperament. God help us. 
You're such an example to them. So stand in the faith. Be strong in the Lord, the strength that God gives. And God will help you to be an encouragement to them. Please continue to teach them. Take that time, a few moments, a few minutes, a conversation. You know, I, I, I remember back when we were seven, eight years old, I remember my grandmother, you know, she would just drop little nuggets of faith in my life. And she, she would tell me, one thing she told me is that you need Jesus. Eight years old, she cared enough to tell me that I needed Jesus. At that young age, I was, I was not involved in, in anything, right? You're that age, you're just concerned about playing and having a good, a good time, and that's, that's your life. But she saw, she saw down the road that I would have to be reminded, and that seed would have to be planted in my life that I'm going to need Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. That's it. Simple, simple statement that never had left me, and it's still with me. You need Jesus. What else did she tell me? She said, you got to go to church. You got to go to church. And society can say what it will as time passes, right? Things, you know, convenience in many ways has, has, becoming, has become the favorable thing to do. And I know it has its place. I understand that. She says, you got to go to church. And can I tell you the miracles that are tied into my life through this church? Praise God. And I know we're not the only church, but this is the church that God has called me to. This is a body of believers that God has called me to. And I have seen God do miracle after miracle after miracle in my life. Why? Because of the prayers of you for, for me and my wife and our family. I've seen it. And way back when, my grandma told me, you got to go to church. And I know God was moving through that. Seasons get tough. Life gets tough, right? We go through different trials and circumstances, and sometimes we're tempted to, to just throw in the towel and to do things our own way, and, and it's not worth it anymore. But because I have tried with my best to keep that as a priority in my life, I understand church in itself is not my salvation. Jesus is my salvation. But the blessings that I've received and experienced through being part of a local body of Christ have been many you got to go to church. Keep coming to church. I'll say it again. Just as my grandma said it, you got to come to church. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20, the Bible says, When your sons ask in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Someone say rules? That's not a popular topic these days, right? But here it is in the Word of God. What are the, what's the meaning of the testimonies and statutes and the rules that the Lord God has commanded you? Here, way back in the Old Testament, the Lord's saying that your sons, in a time to come, they're going to ask. In verse 21, then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slave in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Can someone say amen this morning? Verse 22, and the Lord showed signs and wonders great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household. Listen to what it says here right at the end of that scripture, before our eyes. Before our eyes. That means that they saw it with their own eyes. They saw these miracles in verse 23. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give our fathers. Before your eyes. What does that tell us? Your story, my brother, my sister, grandparents, elders, is so powerful. And I know, I know you know this, but this is just a reminder that the story, that your story, that your testimony is so powerful. It's too good to be kept to yourself. You got to share it. 
Your grandkids, your children, they're dying to hear it. Kids are always up for a good story. Can you, can you say amen? What better story than how God saved you from the hand of bondage? That was us here in this, in this scripture. We were, we were bound by the hand of Pharaoh, by the enemy, bound by certain things, bound by drug abuse, alcoholism, bound by depression, bound by lust, bound by relationships, bound by all these things. But thank God Jesus set us free. Can you say amen? Your story is too good to keep to yourself. With love, grace, patience, and kindness, share that story. Because your children and your grandchildren, they're the apple of God's eye. You're the apple of his eye, but they're the apple of his eye as well. He loves them. He's concerned with them. Let us minister to them. Let us minister Jesus to them. I think about my life growing up and the place my grandparents had in my life. They showed me some values, and they passed it on through through words, but mainly through their exampleship and their conduct. What do I remember? I remember the value of hard work and consistency. I say both, both of my, my grandparents, they were in the same job for years and decades and decades, right? And, and God bless them. Consistency. Nothing wrong with you know those that change and do this and that, but it's just the testimony that I have and that I saw. They were consistent. They were hardworking. Their marriage vows were sacred and are sacred, embodying the truth of for better or for worse. And today, so many things have become optional. But if you make a vow to the Lord, keep that vow. And God's grace is there. God's grace is there, I understand, but keep that vow. Fight for it. Fight for the relationship God's given you. Fight for the marriage that you're blessed to be in. Marriage vows are sacred, and, and for better or for worse means for better or for worse. Dinner together around the table was a daily practice. The importance of God in prayer in their lives. The house was a central place for the family. Can you say amen? Remember grandma and grandpa's house, right? Growing up as kids, I have those fond memories. It was a place for family to gather and I want that to be my example. I want that to be said about me, and I, I try to strive for that. They made every child and grandchild feel that they were their favorite, right? You're my favorite. Don't tell the others, but you're my favorite. They passed down what was important and what is important. Sharing the gospel. I remember that. I have a beautiful memory of the last earthly conversation I had with my, my, with my grandfather many, many years ago. And the last conversation we had, what were we doing? We were fellowshipping. We were talking about Jesus. We were having a, a conversation about the goodness of God. And that's the, last, that's the last earthly. I know I'll see him again one day, but that was the last conversation. So when we get to eternity, we'll be able to continue that conversation. Amen. One day, because I know I'll see him again. Such a fond memory. And it's the same for you. We think of our grandparents, the beautiful memories you have. And I want, I want to leave that beautiful memory for my children and my grandchildren. It gives me so much to strive after. The fact is, is that God is concerned about generations. Can you say amen? I know we have our, our earthly purview, our eyesight, and we see it to a certain extent, but God sees generations upon generations. And that's why he's telling us here in the Word of God is to pass on your faith. Tell them about the great things that I've done for you. 
because faith is contagious. Faith is contagious. And I have, it's such, it's such another beautiful memory, and it's something that we practice. Whenever my family and I get together and, and our extended family, and, and we still gather in a circle to pray and hold hands before the meal. And you know whose name comes up? Grandma and Grandpa. Because they taught us to do that. And it's been years since they've gone on to be with the Lord, but their name and their memory is still coming up. Why? Because they instilled faith into our lives. Can you say amen? That's the encouragement that we have, that we have to instill faith into those that are coming up behind us. Deuteronomy 4.9, the Bible says, Only be careful for yourself and watch over your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen. Again, this is our testimony, our story. Which your eyes have seen and do not... And they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. That's your responsibility. That's my responsibility. Make them known. Oh, but I'm not a preacher. I'm not a Bible study teacher. It's, it's okay. But you have a beautiful story. You've seen God do some great things in your life. You've seen God save your life. You've seen God heal you. You've seen God answer your prayers. They need to hear that. Because they have questions sometimes. Does God hear my prayers? Does God still move? Yes, he does, because he's done it in my life. We need to share that. And as we do that, this is becoming not just faith in our own lives, but it's becoming generational faith. This is what the Lord desires, generational faith, so that our kids, our grandkids, and great-grandkids, and on and on and on, they would continue to carry the baton of faith. Make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Our elders, our grandparents, they have such experience and value in our lives. And I want to encourage you for a moment, our grandparents and our elders in this place, that the value of your knowledge and experience has not ever been so sweet as it is right now. I know sometimes we can think that the glorious, you know, we call them the glory days, they were behind us. But the experience you now have because you've seen God work in your life in so many ways, it's so sweet and it's so ready to be imparted to those that are under you. Can you say amen? It's important. It's so vital. Never think, and I know you don't think this, but never let the devil lie to you that you don't have anything more to offer. That's not the truth. That's not the story. You have so much to offer and impart to those that God has entrusted you with. Your experience, your wisdom is priceless. Something money can't buy. Money can buy sessions and, and seminars, and money can get you enlisted and enrolled in all these different types of things, but there's not true spiritual impartation when that happens. You know why? Because relationship is missing from there. There's knowledge that comes. Okay, praise God. Thank God for that. But when you, as a grandparent, as an elder, when you have a relationship, you not only have the wisdom and experience, but you have the relationship to be able to impart to that person. The value of relationship is so important. I was thinking about some valuable instruments here, and there's, a, there's an instrument called, a, it's a make of a violin, it's called a Stradivarius. I have a picture up here. And a Stradivarius is one of the violins, violas, cellos, and other string instruments built by members of the Italian family Stradivari during the 17th and 18th centuries. Now, not only does the craftsmanship that went in and the age that went, in, uh, that went into making these make them so valuable, but there was something else that's profound that makes them of such great worth. And it said that 
way back when in the 17th and 18th centuries, it said that the colder winters and cooler summers at the time produced slower tree growth, which in turn led to denser wood with superior acoustical properties, circumstances not repeated since. The very seasons that affected the condition of this wood that made this prized possession, this prized instrument, it affected the makeup and the composition of the very building materials that were used to build this thing. And I think of, of, of my life, I think of your life, grandparents, the things that you face, that you've experienced. Sometimes the tears, the trials, the hardships, the questions, the unknowns that you had to endure in your life. Now, look at you. Here you are in the house of God, and, and, and you're doing okay, right? I know it may not be perfect, but here you are in the house of God, and your foundation is still sure. And what that is doing, because of your experience and all that God's brought you through, it is creating such a beautiful symphony, a beautiful sound to all those that hear your story. All those that hear all that God's done for you, it's such a beautiful and sweet sound. Why? Not just because it's word, but because it's your experience and all that God's done for you. It creates a superior acoustical sound spiritually, praise God. I think of those who have gone before us as our worship team makes their way up. Our grandparents, those, God bless them, that are still with us and those that have gone on to be with the Lord and those that are now a memory for us. They finished the race, the race that was set before them. Now, you and I are all given a race. We're all enlisted in this race. We're all entered into this race. But the question is, are you going to finish? See, God's called us to serve him, to live for him. We're all given a task in this world. And I know that from time to time we're tempted to throw in the towel, to just, just give it up because it's too hard. Who can do this? Why should I do this? And we ask these questions, but God has called us to finish the race. He's called us to do what? To accomplish the goal. And what's the goal? The goal is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. That's your mission in this world. And I think of our wonderful grandparents and, and our elders that I have the, the, the blessed honor of just viewing day in and day out and how they're serving God. Why? Because they're standing sure. Does it mean they're perfect? That they've already attained? No, not at all. But it means that their foundation is sure. Why? Because they're standing on God. And because they're standing on God, the rest of their life is so attractive. And it doesn't mean that, again, everything is put together, you know, there's, there's trials and circumstances, but there's something about someone that stands on Christ and that is not shaken by any, every wind of doctrine, as the Bible says. I think of my grandparents. They weren't flighty people. When things got hard, they didn't run to the hills. They stood. When things got tough in the family, they loved each other. They stood. When there were questions, when there were tears, and when there were, there were worries, what did they do? They had to just trust God and stand. And this is something you and I, we can and we should all do. 
If we stand on Christ, if we obey his word, we're promised that although the, the storms come and the winds beat against that house, that, that we're going to stand sure. Why? Because we're founded on the rock. Let your life be established as, as it is and as it was for our grandparents and our elders. I think of my grandparents. They were established in work and family and their faith in God. In James 1.12, the Bible says, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Persevere. And anything I've spoken on this morning, if the past has been rough for you and, and, and some of the things we've talked about, you've, it hasn't gone like that for you, you have God's grace. No condemnation in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? I just want to say that. I want to say that because of some of the, the pictures that we're painting, I have fond memories, but, but I know things happen, and I know, you know, family happens, things happen. God's grace is there for you and I, but go forward now. Dedicate your life to leave a legacy of faith because no matter where you're at, if you, if you let the Lord make it right with you, He's going to still allow you to have that legacy of faith for those that are coming up after you. You have God's grace in your life. So today, as we honor our grandparents and the memory of our grandparents, there's much work that you've accomplished in your life, and for that, we're grateful. But I want to say this, but that your most awesome and amazing work is not yet finished because you're still here on earth with us. You're still here. What does that mean? That you still have a part to play and we're so eager to hear your story. We're so eager to continue to watch you serve God and see all the great things that God is going to accomplish in your life as we honor you today. So let's be attentive to the hearts, the delicate hearts and minds of our children and get grandchildren who are eager and willing to be taught Spend a moment, an extra moment today and this week. Speak to them. Talk to them. They'll never forget it. Spend that time with them because time is valuable and we'll never get it back. Talk to them about Jesus because they will never forget. Ever, ever, they will never forget. Love them. Teach them. Because as we're doing this, we're fulfilling the task that God's given each and every one of us to leave a lasting legacy of faith. And winning the world for Jesus starts in our very homes, in our families. Can you say amen? You received that this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Let's give God praise in this place. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your grace, for your manifold blessings and mercies, God, in our life. We thank you for all that you're doing, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If you could bow your heads with me as we pray.